I'm Pastor John Hardiman, and today's date is October 31, 2021. Our sermon text is found in Hebrews chapter 9, starting at verse 11. Before I begin, there is something I assume everyone knows which may lead to some confusion. That is, we are all sinners. We must, we must recognize that. Romans 3.23 tells us, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. It's a reality. The other reality is sin, yours and mine, has a penalty. That penalty can only be satisfied through death, the shedding of blood. Someone has to die for your sins. The old covenant required the blood of bulls and rams, but people felt complete, incomplete and, and dirty, like there, there must be more. The new covenant is where Jesus offer, was offered excuse me, the new covenant is what Jesus offered when he died for the sins of the world. He offered to take our place as the penalty for our sins. With that thought in mind, let's move forward with our text today, Hebrews 9, starting at verse 11. When Christ came as high priest of the good things that are already here, he went through the greater and more perfect tabernacle that is not man-made, that is to say, not a part of this creation. He did not enter by means of blood by the excuse me, he did not enter by means of the blood of goats and calves, but he entered the most holy place once for all by his own blood, having attained eternal redemption. The blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of a heifer sprinkled on those who were ceremonially unclean sanctified them so that they were outwardly clean. How much more then will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself unblemished to God, cleanse our consciousness from acts that lead to death? That is, that so that we may serve the living God. Will you bow your heads with me, please? Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, this is an incredible passage of Scripture that explains what Christ did. He didn't uh, do as the, uh, the earthly priest where he went through the tabernacle here on earth. But no, Hebrews tells us that he went through the tabernacle of God, the holy things of God. And he is uh, the unblemished, perfect sacrifice, the Lamb of God, forgiving sins of the world. And may we recognize that it is only through Jesus Christ that our sins are forgiven. In Jesus' name, amen. The best part of our study of Christ being our high priest from Hebrews is that uh, the way we looked at it, we can digest it in bite size. To date, we have covered how Christ is relatable to us because he experienced everything we experience in B, has been tempted in every way we have been tempted, and yet was without sin. And then Christ's priesthood is an everlasting priesthood. And Jesus died once for all our sins and that he lives to intercede for us before God. Today, we are looking at the significance and benefits of Christ's eternal priesthood and why it pertains to us today. 
as we begin, one must realize that there is history with the Jewish people in the tabernacle. The tabernacle was movable and commonly called the Tent of Meeting. On Mount Sinai, God instructed Moses how to build it. The purpose of this structure was for God to make his dwelling among his people, the Israelite nation. God has always wanted to dwell with his people, but their sinfulness has always gotten in the way. The tabernacle was the avenue to make it possible for human beings to have fellowship and communication with the Creator God of the universe. Thus, all of the articles used in the tabernacle, the procedures, and the way everything was built had significance. But, however, they were but a shadow of what there will be in heaven. I'd like to talk to you about the phrase, uh, scapegoat. It started uh, with what was called the Day of Atonement. <laughs> Once a year, the high priest would follow these instructions. I'm going to uh, uh, share with you from Leviticus chapter 16, verse 5. From the Israelite community, Aaron was to take two male goats for a sin offering and a ram for a burnt offering. Aaron is to offer the bull for his own sin offering. Excuse me. Aaron is to offer the bull for his own sin offering to make atonement for himself and for his household. Then he is to take the two goats and present them before the Lord at the entrance of the tent of meeting. He is to cast lots for the two goats, one lot for the Lord and the other for the scapegoat. Aaron shall bring the goat whose lot fell to the Lord, and sacrifice it for a sin offering. But the goat chosen by Lot as the scapegoat shall be presented alive before the Lord to be used for making atonement by sending it into the desert as a scapegoat. That's the scapegoat. And today we talk about the scapegoat, where uh, in Jesus, uh, in Moses' day, this is symbolic of all the, the sins were cast upon this goat and set uh, loose in the wilderness. Uh, today, we use it for uh, a scapegoat to take the blame of something that uh, somebody else didn't want to take the blame for. And then we had all the high priest responsibilities, and there's numerous and then the, the tabernacle, how it was laid out, it all had significance. It was quite a procedure. It was burdensome. And it was awkward. Fast forward to Jesus, where he ushers in the new covenant. When Jesus breathed his last breath, the veil between the holy place and the most holy, or the holy of holies, was torn in two by God. Here's Matthew's account, Matthew twenty-seven fifty. And when Jesus had cried out again in a loud voice, he gave up his spirit. At that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. <laughs> I'm going to come back to the, the veil or the curtain. But listen, the earth shook and the rock split. The tombs broke open and the bodies of many holy people who had died were raised to life. Uh, this is actually uh, Halloween today. 
And uh, so on this bright and cheery Halloween, listen to verse 53. They came out of the tombs. And after Jesus' resurrection, they went into the holy city and appeared to many people. For all you doubters, when the centurions and those with him were, who were guarding Jesus, Jesus saw the earthquake and all that had happened, they were terrified and exclaimed, Surely he was the Son of God. Let's get back to the veil or the curtain. I gleaned this from Exodus chapter 26 at verse 31. It ex explains how it was made. Make a curtain of blue, purple, and scarlet yard and finely twisted linen with cherubim worked into it by a skilled craftsman. Hang it with gold hooks on four posts of acacia wood overlaid with gold and standing in on four silver bases. Hang the curtain from the clasps and place the Ark of the Testimony behind the curtain. The curtain will separate the holy place from the most holy place. That's the curtain. That's the veil. It is four inches thick, 15 feet wide, and 15 feet high. When Jesus died on the cross, the veil was torn in two from the top down. This is significant to us today because Jesus, as the high priest who goes before us and got before us before God, uh, we don't need any other. Jesus satisfied God's requirement for sin. The Apostle Paul wrote a great deal concerning Christ's appeasement for our sins. As I uh, read from uh, Paul's writing, listen to... Uh, and make note of what you're most grateful for. This is Ephesians 1, 7. In him, that is, in Christ, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace. Again, in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 13. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far away have been brought near through the blood of Christ. And then in Romans 5, 9. Since we have been justified by his blood, that's Jesus' blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? My thankful list is as follows. Thank you, Jesus, for forgiving my sins. Thank you, Jesus, for making a way that I can be near to God. Thank you, Jesus, for making me just and right before God. And thank you, Jesus, for saving me from the wrath of God. Listen to God through the prophet Isaiah. This is Isaiah 1.18. Come now, let's settle this, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, I will make them as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, I will make them as white as wool. Listen to the voice of God speaking into your soul right now. Ask yourself, are you forgiven? Are you right before the Creator God right now? You don't have to wait because this can be accomplished through Jesus Christ right now. Pray with me, would you please? Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, this is a powerful message and it speaks into our lives right now. Is our heart right with God?
Can we stand before the Holy God because of our sins forgiven? It's possible. Jesus made the way by dying in our place. But we have to accept this free gift. So my prayer today is wherever we are, when we hear this uh, message, we will not leave wherever we are without our heart being right before God through the forgiveness of sins. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen to the words of Avina Hall. I hear the Savior say, Thy strength indeed is small. Child of weakness, watch and pray. Find in me thine all in all. Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. Sin has left a crimson stain. He washed me white as snow. For nothing good have I whereby thy grace to claim. I'll wash my garments white in the blood of Calvary's lamb. Lord, now indeed I find thy power and in thine alone can change the leper's spot and melt the heart of stone. When from my dying bed my ransomed soul shall rise, Jesus died my soul to save, shall rend the vaulted skies. And when before the throne I stand in him complete, I lay my trophies down, all down at Jesus' feet. Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain. Jesus washed it white as snow. Thanks for joining us, and until we meet again, God bless you.